So, uh, if you do not know anything about La Casa de Papel, this is, of course, uh, this is uh, the first two seasons. Is actually, it was just actually produced as a mini-series that uh, should be comprised of around two seasons. And, um, of course, this this show has taken a life of its own. It got really popular. Um, it was, um, I believe, purchased by Netflix. So now it's exclusively shown on Netflix only. So the first two seasons, which is the original sort of plan for this, is it's going to be, it revolves around this a long-prepared uh, multiple days assault on the Royal Mint. So that's obviously the royal mint of spain so this is going that's the heist so the group of robbers takes hostage as part of their plan to print and escape with 2.4 billion uh, euros and um of course this uh this is created by alex pina if you research a little bit about him a large part of his resume is at spanish telenovelas and so, um, actually, if you research the show creator Alex Pina, he has some really good. He has some really good uh, shows and movies in his resume, in his belts. And so, go ahead and check him out. He's a uh, he's a really good you know show creator. And this show La Casa de Papel is also known for. This is according to Wikipedia. It's a sp- strong Spanish identity where. Emotion where the emotional dynamics offset the perfect strategic crime. So, emotions over logic. It it's like implying this is. I don't know much about the Spanish culture and Spanish media, but it, it's implied that this is sort of um, a, a thing that happens a lot in Spanish shows and movies, where in um, emotions take over. Uh, over logic and we're gonna see that a lot we're we're actually gonna see that a lot here in La Casa de Papel um, the series received uh, critical acclaim for its sophisticated plot interpersonal dramas direction and for trying to innovate uh, Spanish television the Italian anti-fascist song Bella Ciao which uh, plays multiple times throughout the series, became a hit across Europe in 2018. And by 2018, the series, the series was actually, it's the most watched non-English language series and one of the most watched series overall in Netflix uh, with a uh, particular resonance with the viewers of the Mediterranean, Europe, and also the Latin world. However, when I researched you know, like best TV shows of 2019, best TV shows of 2020. Most of the Google results that come out here from my country, the Philippines, are sort of similar to the American results. So I don't think this show is as big yet in in North America. However, I'm a firm believer it's like like a few inches away from being like a big hit in North America because it's already a hit everywhere. It's definitely a hit here in the Philippines, and of course, it's a hit in the Mediterranean, Europe, and the Latin world. So, uh, season one ended with uh, the professor, or Salva. She actually, he actually drove Raquel to the villa, 
and uh, it, it's actually that cool intense scene wherein he realized that they're going to to his villa and right then actually I thought I thought that Rook, they finally caught him however it's that brilliant scene when Raquel realized that the evidence were too big too, too good to be true and of course it was shown through flashbacks that uh, Salva, part of his plan was to plant those evidence if the the cops find the, the villa and sort of point the evidence in another direction. So that's obviously a great, you know, a brilliant plot point and shows you how, sort of how smart the the professor is and, and how complex this this planned heist really is and then we finally meet uh, we saw the face of Raquel's ex-husband Alberto he is called in he is the lead of forensics examination and he is actually sort of pitched to us the audience that he's actually one of the really good uh, investigators in, 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 in the city but he has also pitched to us the audience to be like a big like a big a-hole just someone who cheated on his own wife cheated her with her sister so that's what he did to raquel and finally we saw this person and true enough he's the one who found you know he he sort of figured figured out already that the evidence all over the villa was planted and so what he looked at was the chimney because the chimney would have um, evidence of burned you know burned things in them and so burned newspapers burned pictures burned documents and that is in fact what they saw and so we were led to believe he's a great investigator who is also you know an evil <laughs> cheater somebody who cheated on uh, his wife so so out leaving the villa, Salva gets a ride back to Madrid with Alberto. And so it's that awkward uh, telenovela tension scene where in the ex-husband and the current boyfriend of Raquel are interacting. So Salva purposely caused a fight with Alberto, leaving him unconscious for a short period of time. Which is actually, you know, I found that very unrealistic. Um, the professor, as brilliant as he is as a criminal mastermind, there's no indication anywhere from season one or two that he was sort of a good fighter. And of course, Alberto is, um, he's a forensic scientist. It's just that I assume somebody in the law enforcement has probably some better fighting training compared to... <laughs> compared to anyone outside um and also i think the way <laughs> the way uh salva sort of knocked out alberto was with like a <laughs> with la with like a death what like one of those death punches like one of those sort of moves that you hit this part of the neck and it's gonna put people to sleep and as as we all know now especially for all of you uh listening to this who are into mma into jujitsu those things don't exist anymore so sort of those you know death death punches and death kicks that would instantly kill people or 
put them to sleep or something like that. You know, the real, the only real martial arts that work are like jiu-jitsu and and muay thai and of course to some extent wrestling. Um, of course, boxing and and taekwondo works for striking, but like there's no real uh, sort of secret move that could just put you to sleep once you pinch a nerve or you like hit a part of the neck and. Uh, I think that was one of the moves that he did to put a professional law enforcement officer to sleep. And so that that's something that I actually found unrealistic. And nonetheless, um, this was also a good scene because Salva needed to, you know, do that thing, put him to sleep and, you know, get rid of the evidence about about him, about their entire group, which now Alberto holds because he, of course, got the evidence from the chimney. I guess if I was like, if I was writing this, instead of giving Salva the death kick, like a like a kung fu death kick or whatever, maybe I'll just put something like he gave a drink to to Alberto, and then maybe put a poison there or some sleeping potion or something like that and then that got you know Alberto um, that's where Alberto lost his consciousness but of course uh, when Alberto wakes up he arrested Salva and brings him to jail and uh, Salva actually uses the bathroom at the prison to beat himself up to make it look like it was done by Alberto. It's a cliche scene, but it works. He calls Raquel, who helps uh, release him. Meanwhile, the robbers uh, start losing hope after many hours. Without news from the professor, I think it's the professor. I think their plan is something that they imply to us, the audience, is if the professor does not call uh, within uh, 24 hours, they go into a sort of emergency protocol. And uh, that's good because now we put in some sort of deadline or a, a ticking time bomb. You know, it's a great plot point. Tokyo begins a mutiny after becoming restless. And then Berlin ties Tokyo to a table and rolls her out of the mint. I think he tied her into a... To a, like a stretcher and then sort of rolls her out of the mint and then of course the mint the the front of the mint building is like this uh, set of uh, stone steps so it's like he's gonna roll out Tokyo out there and of course she is captured by the police this was a great scene because it was like a big set piece wherein it was just it's supposed to be a simple scene we're in oh we're releasing this person now catch him you know police but instead of making it a simple scene, they make it like one of the biggest scenes of the series wherein, you know, they roll out Tokyo to be caught by the police. So after uh, Berlin, you know, pushes Tokyo away out of the man to be caught by the police, uh, Rio actually wanted revenge to Berlin. And now he actually became one of the hostages. So Rio joins forces with Arturo in another escape plan with uh, with the help of Monica. By the way, by the way, the entire the entire season one and season two of Arturo, you know, the bank uh, 
the old guy, not not really an old, the forty to fifty year fifty year old guy who is like this bank executive. His entire arc inside the mint is he's trying to escape, which is cool, but also kind of there's something kind of funny about it. Like he's trying to escape, and obviously, um, obviously, up to this point he hasn't escaped yet. Um, Berlin actually comes close to killing Rio. Uh, this is what this is what I said. You know, uh, what we mentioned earlier: emotional dynamics offsetting logic uh rio is like now he he's like he's he's going against his own group he's going against berlin and 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 rightfully so and you can understand it because obviously berlin pushed uh tokyo out of the 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 freaking mint which is which is crazy and also sort of a stupid move but you know that's what he did and then finally, I think this is like in the nick of time, they finally got in touch with the professor. And I think it's been a while since um, it's been a while since I actually watched season two. I watched this like late, late twenty nineteen. Actually, watch it around Christmas time. So. I think it was either in this episode or in the previous episode where Berlin explains Operation Chernobyl. So that's when, if the professor does not make a contact to them in 24 hours, it means he was caught by the police. And Chernobyl means they blow up everything and destroy all the money. And um, however, of course, now the professor was able to get in touch with them. He actually promised that he will free Tokyo from the police. And I love the line of Tokyo where she said that, you know, the professor is my guardian angel. In a criminal twisted way, he is their mentor figure. The professor is their mentor figure, but also the main character of the story. Even if, uh, even if the first character we saw in the beginning of the series in season one, the first character we saw first character that the audience meets is Tokyo. I think this this series is, you know, if we're gonna choose the main character, I'm gonna say it's probably Professor and then Raquel. They're 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 really the core of the story and you know and things revolve around them. And so also you realize that later on because in the beginning it was really about Tokyo and uh, her relationships and then later on we go to this big picture wherein it's about the professor and Raquel and about the heist and so you know again great great writing I would say great character work and uh, because of the promise of professor to Tokyo Rio rejoins the robbers and this time Rio once again flip-flops and helps the stop Arturo from his latest escape plan. This is one of those very telenovela scenes wherein, you know, again, it's a the character flip, flip-flops decision and it could be unrealistic for some, but as with any telenovela, we understand the character, we understand Rio because it was told through an emotional perspective that he was, of course, emotional that 
Berlin released Tokyo just to be caught by the police. And now the professor said, oh, this was actually part of the plan. If you or anyone of you gets caught, I have a set of sort of steps that are going to happen to release anyone if, you know, if any one person gets caught. And meanwhile, Raquel sets a trap for the professor by creating a hoax that Angel has already uh, awakened from his coma in hopes it would lure him to the hospital to finish him off before uh, he can identify the professor. So uh, the professor was actually very skeptical of this announcement. So what he what he did was actually kind of brilliant. He set a clown audition to a hospital. So that allowed him wearing a clown costume to enter the hospital and you know really check on 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 Angel. This is of course over the top, but it's a brilliant uh, plot point. It's a brilliant a brilliant ploy. It also makes for entertaining TV. It reminds you a lot of the Joker, Casino Clowns, Hospital. By the way, the Joker movie by Joaquin Phoenix. I also reviewed that in uh, episode 22 of this podcast. You know, after listening to this, you can go check that out. Episode 22 is Joker. Episode 21 is season one of La Casa de Papel. So anyway... While Salva meets with Raquel at the cafe, uh, Raquel saw the orange hair from his clown wig. It was left on his jacket. Um, It catches the eyes of Raquel and finally, she realizes that Salva is the professor. This is, by the way, a great scene. It shows the attention to detail that women have, you know, that that strong attention to detail that women have. And... uh, you know, a lot of women can relate to that, and and not just because Raquel is a police officer. I I think be- women have strong instincts and also strong attention to detail, and uh, women are also very good at, at at multitasking, which we men are not that really good at. So, anyway, uh, she almost had a panic attack at the washroom, realizing that uh, Salva, the person she's already falling in love, the, the person she's dating is actually the professor. But she, of course, calmly and collected herself uh, before finally apprehending Salva. And then so, instead of taking Salva to the police, he act- she actually took him to the villa to... He, she, Raquel took Salva to custody to interrogate him. And of course, this is another example of emotion over logic, which is a, you know, at least based on Wikipedia, it's a feature of sort of Spanish fiction. The professor admits that he has fallen in love with her and she performs a a polygraph test on him. Again, that was actually another great scene. Um, I am not a fan of you know love stories and telenovela, but I would think that a lot of people <laughs> fantasize that they can put their boyfriends or girlfriends or the person they're dating with into a polygraph <laughs> one way or another. So anyway, meanwhile, Arturo is 
punished for his multiple attempts to escape. Uh, they tied a bomb on him. They told him that any slight movement, like a drop of sweat, and that Arturo is a sweaty man, you know, any slight movement will detonate the bomb. And um, there was also a scene where in Moscow reveals a secret to Denver that he, Moscow, left the mother of Denver when they were young because she was a drug addict. This creates a divide, a sort of tension between the father and the son. And um, this is a good example of putting character arcs and backstories to everyone, even non-main characters. Um, I mentioned this actually in my season 1 review that there are a lot of shows in North America or in Europe or even here in the Philippines where you know very little about the life and the story and the backstory of the other of the other characters of the non-main characters. I think a great thing with a telenovela and a soap opera this type of fiction uh it's sort of irritating to many people, but there's also a lot of people who like it. Is they put a storyline to literally every character. So like, so like if you watch, especially if you watch a traditional telenovela, which you couldn't escape it if you're from the Philippines. There's like Filipino telenovela. We have Asian telenovelas from like Korea and like and and and. Taiwan, I believe, uh, and then of course we have the Mexican and the South South American tel- telenovelas. You just couldn't escape it. Like my childhood, I watched a little a little of it because you know I'm really not a fan. But every character has a story as an arc. Every character has a storyline. Like the the best friend of the maid of the of your neighbor has a storyline. Like and. But what's good about that is you care about everyone and you at least have one character that you can relate to. So even if you can't relate, let's say, with the main character, you have this other person that you can relate to. Like, oh, you know, that 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 woman, that 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 man, that guy, that girl, you know, I can I can relate to that person. I had a similar upbringing with that person. So that's that's a good thing with uh with uh, telenovela soap opera writing, which I think Hollywood and a lot of other fiction can 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 apply, you know, put put a storyline uh, to every character, and of course that the goal, of course, of telenovela is to make it sort of longer. Some of these uh, shows have like hundreds of episodes spanning through years and the goal is to really <laughs> to make as many scenes as possible as many episodes as possible but on the bright side you get to know the character better and it makes you more emotionally invested to every single character you know what they're going through and that obviously helps people to be more invested with with the story and like i said it's not it's not for everyone i think North American Western storytelling is more straightforward. Like they don't like uh, characters don't talk about the emotional issues of of the best friend of the main character at home. But but that's something that a lot of us can actually learn. Especially if you know I'm writing uh, a novel right now. 
if anyone of you guys are working in fiction, working on writing a story, a, a screenplay, a, a play, or a fiction uh, like me, you know, that's something that we can all apply. So anyway, while Tokyo is transported to prison, she is of course freed by men sent by the professor and then she rode a motorcycle directly into the mint, avoiding being shot by police as Moscow opens the door. This was another great set piece. This was the probably the most Hollywood uh, slash North American set piece of the entire season 2. Um, I love that they made Tokyo's exit of the mint and entrance of the mint a big deal. They made it into a big set piece, which is awesome. Of course, um, what happened next is Moscow, the father of Denver, he was gravely injured by the police gunshot um, when Tokyo re-entered the mint and uh, the police refused to send aid to her. To him, uh, Moscow is the emotional center of the story, and him getting shot is, of course, a very emotional scene for both the characters and the viewers. The robbers also uh, now they're rushing to finish their escape tunnel. It is shown that they are uh, digging from inside the royal mint, uh, going out, and of course, from outside, there's also. Um, a construction team digging from outside uh, going into the mint and so it's like this two uh, this two tunnels would meet up and so that would make the escaping easier for the group that is inside the mint it's implied that they have digging for months uh, showing that this is this is definitely a very well uh, planned heist Later on, it was a very sad scene. Uh, Moscow actually uh, died, and you know, as as I think I've mentioned this already in season one as well, that uh, Moscow is really the emotional center of the story. He is he he has mentioned that he was like a criminal throughout his life. However, he is also mentoring this this group this kids who are of course younger than him um he's guiding them not to make the mistakes that he did and he's obviously especially guiding his son um denver because you know especially when it comes to relationship it was implied it was not implied but it was he mentioned in season one that he actually does not like Tokyo for 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 Denver, and so he, he's really guiding all of these people. Um, I think he's older than everyone. He's older than the professor, and so um, it's it was a very sad scene when he died. The professor walks out of the villa at gunpoint by Raquel, but um, she was emotionally unable and actually unwilling to stop him from escaping once again this scene doesn't make sense but it makes sense also because we know Raquel is in love with Salva so it's uh, one of those scenes that you sort of I think it's this is one of the scenes that's sort of 50-50 a lot of people will hate it a lot of people will love it and understand it because it's you know it's it's telenovela writing 
And now that I mentioned that, I think I realize now why this hasn't really sort of created a big wave in North America because a lot of this emotion over logic plot beats, that doesn't really make sense for a lot of uh, North American and even UK viewers, but it obviously works for for a lot of people. It obviously works for telenovela fans. And, you know, even if you're a, f- a fan of, uh, I would say, more logical fiction, you understand it because, that, I mean, people are, are emotional. And even in real life, you sort of meet people who don't, who make, quote-unquote dumb decisions or emotional decisions instead of, you know, logical decisions. So, uh, Colonel Prieto Suarez and Alberto confronted Raquel and removed her from the case after they identify that the professor is indeed Salva. And uh, they now believe that Raquel is actually cooperating uh, with with the criminals due to the signals made from the local cell towers by calls from the professor to Raquel. So with her gun and badge taken away, she actually took Angel's badge and starts to conduct her own investigation. I apologize for that. I think there was a pause because... Um, my phone suddenly went into lock screen, and uh, I'm, I'm recording the podcast on my phone. Anyway, um, again, it doesn't make sense because she had him in his hands, but uh, she, Raquel had the professor already in his hands, but he actually let the professor go, and to repay that, the professor actually let him go, and now, once again, Raquel is hunting him down, and as she left... Angel actually woke up. So the police, led by Suarez, launched an attack on the Mint to free the hostages and capture the robbers. And the robbers rushed to escape with the money they printed uh, in the last uh, 128 hours inside the Mint. So that's around five days. But that's actually half of the time that they planned to be in the Mint, which they originally originally to be uh, they originally planned to be in the mint for 11 days and as a result the total money they printed was also less than 2.4 billion they printed 984 uh, million euros Uh, Raquel finds the professor's hideout and um, the professor was able to apprehend him again she is tied up and while she is there, Angel calls her phone asking to speak with her in person. Raquel and the professor kiss passionately and he lets her go. So this is where the professor um, actually passionately talks about his point of view that this money is just paper. They are just printing paper. He even mentions that um, I think during the financial crisis of 2008, the bank's sort of just printed paper to bail out big businesses. So, like, he's saying, what's the justice of that? Why don't they just, like, print paper for regular people, for the ordinary people? By the way, I'll talk a little bit of business and uh, economics here. 
I'm not an expert just to start but from the research that I did you can't just print money because it will inflate the prices of everything if everyone has money everything will just be more expensive and that would again inflate the prices of everything it will make everything more expensive um, the best way to improve the economy is to make uh, the country create more things so so definitely in fiction and in the real world just printing money to solve problems wouldn't really solve the problem it would just make the prices of everything higher you know hyperinflation that would be the cost of it anyway so the police arrest her at the hospital moments after she tells angel that she knows where the professor's hideout is but um she actually told 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 them told his told her former colleagues that she does not know who the good guys and the bad guys are anymore. So the professor's speech earlier about printing money worked. So now Raquel is morally and internally conflicted. So Colonel Prieto asked Angel where the professor's hideout is, but he withholds the information as well. So when Prieto threatens Raquel with several charges that would ensure her uh, daughter would be taken away from her she finally gives in and gives the address of the professor's hideout so the police race to the hideout this is great writing because we and all one of the main main major characters raquel we are all now taking the sides of the robbers and the the, the law enforcement is sort of now becoming the 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 villain or or like the anti-villain because the heroes are anti-heroes, right? So with the police inside the mint, Berlin actually fights them off with a with I believe a Gatling gun or a giant machine gun, so that the rest of the robbers can escape in time. Although the professor urges him to come, there was sort of an emotional scene again because of course, as evil quote unquote evil Berlin is. We saw scenes in the flashbacks that he and so Berlin and and the professor have a almost brotherly relationship that they really love each other and they created this plan so that they can you know escape and have a better life. But of course, Berlin is also dying with a disease, and so he continues to fight and shoot the police multiple times um berlin got crazy and desperate he even has his um <laughs> underage slave slash assistant slash girlfriend with her that she you know abused and uh, raped in season one they now have that unique um bonnie and clyde dynamic and so it's implied here that actually Berlin, you know, the, the, the police actually killed Berlin. They, sh they shot him off. And, you know, after that big scene, after that big action scene, the group finally escapes from the mint. And so the remain, they, they all escaped. Uh, Monica came with them. Uh, they escaped through the tunnel leading to the professor's hideout minutes before the police show up 
And um, I love the scene when they escape. They show each of the robbers wearing sort of their disguise. So the first one who came out was Nairobi. She was wearing like uh, heart-shaped glasses and like a violet, <laughs> violet fur coat. She looks like she was in a music video. She was, I think she even had a puppy. And then Monica and Denver look like uh, a white-collar office couple. Denver was wearing an office blazer and Monica wore a trench coat. Tokyo wore a beautiful red Asian-themed dress with big round, you know, naughty library, naughty librarian glasses. And uh, Rio wore a t-shirt, shorts, and skateboard. And then, you know, Professor and Helsinki they were actually wearing they were truck drivers they were wearing jumpsuits sort of you know blue collar workers and one year after the heist it is reported that Raquel had left the force the robbers got away with about uh, 1 billion dollars or euros and then their whereabouts are still unknown and it was it was a news report scene it was actually implied that there's actually people who understood what they did that sort of they understand and sort of justify what the robbers did and then Raquel looks at some postcards given to her previously by the professor which uh, she notices has some coordinates on them and when pieced together it gave a location in my country, nonetheless, in Palawan, Philippines, beautiful, beautiful place. By the way, it's an, it's an island paradise. Um, once this global situation gets settled, um, please visit the Philippines. You can go to Boracay Island. You can go to to Palawan. You can even visit Metro Manila. You know, it's we have the great, we have the best beaches in the world, and. Um, also, another thing I can say is, if you visit the Philippines, this is like uh, we have really cheap um, prices, so you can you can have a very high end luxurious trip for a very low price. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of you know promoting tourism in the Philippines. So Raquel travels to Philippines to Palawan, and. Uh, there she actually finds the professor and smiles. For me, this was actually the perfect ending for the entire series. And at the time of recording, I actually haven't seen season 3. And up to this day, up to this very second that I'm recording this, I'm considering actually not watching it. And because I already have my catharsis. I already have my sort of emotional release or happy happy ending for the entire series and the only reason i'm gonna watch season three is to create podcast episode so but you know for me season two that was already that was already my happy ending for me for for la casa de papel and uh again i'm i'm gonna watch season three anyway one way or another i'm gonna watch it but you know i really just love the ending of la casa de papel season two just uh the villains win and uh, Raquel and Salva live happily ever after. <laughs> so anyway, let's go to the ratings. 
Jace ratings for La Casa de Papel. Um, I'm gonna give this a 90%. Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's exaggerated. They gave it 100%. Uh, obviously, the, the, the series has a lot of flaws. But, you know, that's my ratings. 90% for Jay's ratings. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 100%. IMDB gave, gave a rating for each episode of Season 2. If you total all of that, the average is 8.8. .8, so, I guess IMDB is 8.8. .8. So, you know, great, great. Um, awesome season 2 for La Casa de Papel and once again I'm already very happy with the ending I'm considering not watching season 3 but you know of course I'm gonna watch it